0: Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests His word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you anew as you listen to this message. Be blessed. I will be continuing. So last week he spoke primarily about I believe and how he explained that um, when we say we believe or there are three types of knowledge. The empirical knowledge, you know, when you talk about epistemology, way of knowing things, you can know by personal experience, you can know by inductions, and you can also know by revelation. And what there are things we know about God that is based on revelation, however, it's still fact. Revelation is not ethereal or it's not just abstract or non existent. Revelation is fact revelation which is fact and then he made us to understand about how faith we are believers and when we say we believe faith is in three aspects there you need the data because you can't say i believe believe what <laughs> Yeah. so you must say i believe that i believe in this i believe that this i believe so belief must have um counter something you believe in so a subject or an object I believe in that I believe this and so you can't just say I believe it can you have to believe something so the fact that you say you believe we have to find out what do you believe in the same way when someone say I don't believe you can't just say I don't you don't believe what so that's why I find it interesting when people say I'm an atheist that means I don't believe in God all right Probably, let's leave the believer aside. Let's define the God. And then when we define the God, we will find out that the God you say you don't believe is actually not God. So, um, so it's not worth believing. So I I agree with you. Even me, I don't also believe in. But if that's what atheism means, then we are all atheists. (laughs) So when you say, I believe, there must definitely be something that you believe in. So the data that's the noticia and then the ascent, then you lend credit, okay, this is the fact, okay, I believe it. So most of us, before you became born again, those of us who grew up in environments called Christian family, before you became born again, you actually believed that Jesus died on the cross, right? But you were not born again, you were still living a sinful life. I used to be a mass server, but I would have gone to hell if I died. I was a mass server in church. How many times a week? 14 times a week. I was really, really, very religious. I believed it. So I, I, I believed a little fact I was told. I went through catechism, Apostles' Creed, and all that. So I believed it with all my heart. And I believed, um, I, I, I lent accent to it, that, yeah, it's true. I accept it. So the fact that you accept it doesn't mean that you're a Christian. So that's what a lot of people base on to say they are Christians. That's why an unbeliever can say, these people call themselves Christians. but Or you can say, or people say that, you say you're a Christian, even that guy is better than you, he's good. He doesn't go to church, but he's better than you. People can be in church, but it doesn't mean they are Christians. Even though they accept, they accept the faith. They accept the things we teach. That Jesus died. They really, They do Easter, they do Christmas. They do. They are better than Jehovah's Witness. They do all that, but... They are still not born again because what makes you born again is the futukia, when you commit your life to living by the things you believe. So faith saving faith must have these three elements: as we said last Sunday, content, assent, and commitment. You only become born again when you have said that now I commit myself to live according to the life of a, uh, the life taught by Scripture. So Christians. This is so important, and it's interestingly it fits so well into what I'm teaching on Sundays, because in Second Peter, chapter two, he begins to warn us about false prophets, and sorry, false teachers. Second Peter chapter two verse one, he says there were false prophets among them, and there'll be false teachers amongst us. All right? So, Jezebel was one of such. She was a female. Who calls herself prophetess? And she was allowed to teach in the church. And she was teaching wrong doctrine anyway. So the decline of the church of uh, Titania was because of who they are allowed to be teaching. Yeah. It's there in Revelation chapter 2, verse 20, 21. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against you because thou first, that woman. Go to verse 19. I know your works and charity. They were doing good stuff, man. If there is war in Afghanistan, they'll be the first to go and send help. Yeah. I know your works, charity. They were sharing sandwich in King's Cross Station every day. (laughs) I know your works, your charity, service, faith. Right? They serve and they had faith. And your patience, they were patient. You know, it doesn't matter what you do, they had time. And that works. And the last to be more than the first. So um, then let's go to the verse 20. Then it says that notwithstanding, in spite of all these things, I have something against you. Yeah. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against you. Jesus said, you, this church, is not a one person. It's a church. This is very important to understand. It's a church. Because the verse 18 talks about to the church of Titeria. To the angel of the church of Titeria. All right. You remember this name, Titeria? Yesterday we read about um, uh, Lydia. She came from Titeria. Yeah. They were posh people. Titeria is almost like Kensington. Yeah. So we can imagine church in Kensington. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, no. To the church of Tychia, verse 18, to the church of Tychia, write these things. says the son of God. But when you go to the 20, 20, it says that notwithstanding I have a few things against you because thou suffered the woman Jezebel which calls herself, prophesied, to teach. That's very important. Now, this phrase, to teach, is very important. It's very, very important. In fact, when they, in Philippi, when they cast out the devil in the girl, Acts 16, 16. Yes, so if it, those of you are reading your Bible, you will notice. Acts 1616. That, that girl had a spirit soothsaying. Yeah. Or another way to put it in uh, some translations is a fortune telling. Fortune telling is demonic. Those of you who say you are horoscope you are you are, you are the, all that. You are just see, and you don't understand why things are not working. You're exposing yourself to demonic influences. And you say so because I am Leo. That's why I'm behaving the way I'm behaving. To justify your demonic influence behavior. And the Holy Ghost now can't get involved. Because Celestial personalities are controlling your life. Those are the ones that held the angel that was bringing the answer to Daniel. They are there. Celestial images. Celestial personalities. And we are living here with their influence. So, uh, this girl in Acts chapter 16, verse 16, she had a spirit by which she would predict the future. And most of some, of, some people like that have entered the church. They call themselves prophets. They call them, and we like those things. Are those things bad in themselves? It depends on the doctrine behind it. So whether, whether you should embrace it or not, you have to, first, first of all, do due diligence. That's why I'm teaching these things. So that you can judge everything. Whether How do you know God is in this or God is not in it? Since you can't really see God. Check it by the word and doctrine. That is, that's the acid test or litmus test. So, this girl... They cast the devil out of her. And Bible says she brought... I, did, I realized that what the people are doing in these prophetic churches, the girl was doing it. Bible said she was bringing much gain. A lot of money. They could make a lot, yeah. A lot of money. Yeah. We just thank God for carries Because in those days, I'm telling you, uh, pastor will tell you, some of the churches to have congregation like this is because a prophet has come. And he's saying that there's somebody here. Yeah, you are here. And the Lord is showing me that you are here. And he said, the Lord says you should show a seat of 1,000 pounds, everybody. Yeah, and all those things. Oh, and it was bringing a lot of money for them. Yeah, for them. But this girl was saying, when you studied the text very carefully, what she was saying was true. She said, these are the servants of God, right? Right or false? It's true. These are the servants of God who tell us, teach us the way of salvation. So under normal circumstances, she hasn't said anything wrong. And she kept doing it. And Paul knew what spirit was behind it. So when you're a man of God, you have to be sensitive. People might be singing and jumping and commenting, but you should be able to discern sometimes, what kind of spirit is behind this? And Paul said, I command, come out! And when the demon came out, now the masters realized they had lots of money, lots of income. So they yeah, they guarded people. Yeah, it was their their expectation, their financial plan. They had bills to pay. Now you have cast this. So they had to they had to get them to go to um, they caught them. But I brought you here because of something that I saw. In the verse, um, when they took them, uh, they uh, brought them to the authorities. The verse 20 says that they brought them and said, These men, being Jews, in trouble, our city, look at 21. Why? And they said, They teach customs. They were people who were known to be teachers. And today in Acts chapter 17, you realize that it was still teachings. They said, The the Areopagus, those uh, at Areopagus, the uh, Mars Hill, they said, uh, the philosophers said, we have heard you, what is these teachings you are bringing? Can you come and?" Yeah, they were interested in their teachings. Yeah. yeah. Certain uh, Epicureans and Stoics, so philosophers encountered him. And some said, what does this babla want to say? Others said, he seems to be proclaiming a foreign god because he preached uh, to them Jesus Christ. They were proclaiming, one of the versions said that was teachings. We want to, what is this teaching? Come and tell us about it. And so you realize that the Christianity they took there was a message. Oh, you didn't get it. Last Sunday I made a statement that Christianity is a message. It's a, it's a belief system. A belief system that is built on a message. Now, if you miss the message, you have missed Christianity. Christianity. You can be going to church regularly and being such a nice person and doing a lot of good things. But you're actually missed Christianity. You can't believe the false gospel and end up being saved. There's no salvation that a false gospel can bring. So that means there are people who are in churches who are actually not saved. They are going to hell. Why? Because of the kind of gospel they have believed. You, listen, you can't believe the wrong gospel and be saved is so essential so when they go you check everywhere they went their problems were not the miracles their problems were the teachings it's the same with jesus they didn't crucify jesus because of the good things he did they crucified him because of his teachings and his teachings as i taught you were two ways one of the uh, two sets of teachings Says one of the teachings about how you should behave when someone slaps you, you know, yeah, All those they didn't that one they didn't have problem, but the one they had problem is when he taught that he was the son of God. Yeah. That's why they killed him, they all killed him because of the things he said, not because of the things he did. Because Christianity is a message. If you say you are a Christian, what is your message? Oh, you see, the way this one behave is so nice. It's good. It's part of it. But really, the core of your behavior should be a message. A message. So anyone who comes to you in the name of a man of God, the first thing you should have to check is check their message. You have to check their message. So as I was teaching last Sunday, the church only goes into decline based on wrong teachings. Or when we begin to water down the teachings. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. He said the spirit expressly says that in the latter days many shall. He says people will depart that latter times some shall depart from their faith. Say the faith. Faith. Say "The the faith. Now the faith is not meaning they don't have faith. The faith is a noun. Set of truths. Sets of belief system. The noticia. People will depart from me, giving heed to seducing spirits. You remember Jezebel? Seduced the men of God to commit fornication. And eat food sacrificed to idols. It's your Bible. Jezebel, prophetess, seduces my servants. And he says that in the latter times, people will follow seducing spirits. They will depart from the faith and give heed. The problem is what you are giving attention to. So, we need to watch out the things that we give our attention to. So, it says that the Spirit clearly says that people will depart from the in the latter times, people will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and not only that, doctrines. Doctrines, where are the doctrines coming from? Doctrines of devils. What's doctrines? Teachings. Ah, so then there are d- satanic teachings. You see, most of us would think when we say satanic teachings it's the teachings that make you want to sacrifice human life. And what want to make you drink blood at night and go into the satanic cult and yamna yamna. you see, no, 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 that, that, that's not it. That's not it. So most people, when they see, see teachings taught by devils, they think that it is those kind of extreme stuff. But no. What are the teachings taught by devils? In first, in, fact, well, in first Timothy, so if you go to chapter 6, verse 3, chapter 6 if any man teaches otherwise, those are the things the devil, the devil is behind the otherwise teaching. Otherwise. The mainstream teaching of the word of God. They they can still say we are using the word of God, but you can tell it's otherwise. And some sadly some are bishops. Some are pastors, some are some have very big titles. Yeah. You can't even be a pope and yet be teaching otherwise. And not consenting to wholesome ways, even the ways of our Lord Jesus Christ. And not uh, the the doctrine that accords with godliness. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. It talks about teachings. Yeah. Uh, uh, that you might charge some that they teach no other doctrine. See, that other doctrine is where the problem is. Now, why am I doing this exercise? To help you to know what the actual doctrines are, sound doctrines are. So as soon as you see other doctrines, ah. Yeah. Because usually the other doctrines are presented in a very uh, it's philosophical in a very nice way. that it makes sense. The fact that something makes sense doesn't mean it makes God. So it's important. Not all sound, sounding arguments are sound. They are just sound, sound sounding. So it's important we take this exercise because Paul said after I've left, ravenous wolves will come in amongst you, not sparing the flock. It's not that they are just eating the flock. They are going to make people make shipwreck of their faith. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 19. Make shipwreck people who depart from their faith. Because of teachings. Teachings that they get themselves exposed to. So now, this Apostle's Creed we have been talking about, what, as we heard last week, what's the Apostles' Creed? What do we need the Apostles' Creed? It's, it's just a set of things that the early church, Apostles didn't write it, right? But when the Apostles were living now, all kinds of, you remember the word those of you who listened Sunday, heresies. Deviations were coming in. The Bible again. You were not there when God spoke to him. And this is a personal, you see, that's why, Personal experiences can be very dangerous. When people said, it's, a, it's very personal. It's very personal. God spoke to me. You know, it's between me and God. Please, please, please. That's not Christianity. Christianity is not between you and God, it's between us and God. So if it doesn't work with us, you have to check whether this thing is really of God. So that's why Peter elevated the word of God above personal experience. He said, "We were with him." Second Peter chapter one, verse seventeen. We were with him on the holy mount. We, we saw, we saw, and we heard such a voice that came from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son. They heard it. Have you ever heard anything like that before? Can't imagine. God speaking, and you hear it with your tympanic membrane. You hear audibly. This is my beloved. Most of you, that's what you have been waiting for. <laughs> I think the way to be a long one. <laughs> <laughs> this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. They heard it. And yes, he says that we have a, sure, more, a more sure word of prophecy that you do well if you take heed, this one. You, yeah, personal experience, but there's something that we want to lift above personal experience. Because personal experience is so subjective, you can't even be deluded. So, he said that let's elevate the word of God above personal feelings and personal experiences. <laughs> anytime, anytime I have a dream, it's so true. Every time, I, that, that is a baby Christian talking. <laughs> baby Christian talking. Even prophets, is not all of them that, whose dreams come true. You might have this um, natural incline which potentially is Satan who wants to actually use you for something? Yes, don't tell me it's a gift from God. Oh but Joseph. What Joseph? How many dreams did Joseph have? <laughs> Are you trying to say God doesn't speak through dreams? He does. But he has a lot more to say outside of the dreams. <laughs> he says, How many how many did you see God speaking in the Bible? Uh, when Jesus Christ was about Joseph. The Bible says that an angel appeared to him in a dream. An angel. And Paul, when he went to Macedonia, he said, in a night vision. So all those things can be true. But these are godly people who fit into God's major move. But you are doing your own thing. And you have especially those who said before i even became born again i used to see dreams i saw every time i have a dream it happens i had a dream my, my cousin had an accident it happened i had a dream that my father was going to be promoted to white house and it happened i had a dream that uh, obama was going to win election and it happened so you know even that's way before i became a christian is maybe satanist was trying to use you a spirit of divination was att- attempting to come on you <laughs> you have been born again and now you are using that as a bargaining chip for spirituality. Excuse me! <laughs> Timothy followed Paul in Acts chapter 16, those of you who have been reading your Bible, in Acts chapter 16, not because, not because he, was, uh, he had uh, gifts, but it was, the brethren spoke well of him. Yeah. The church spoke. Uh, the church, is not Erona, it's not only in Lystra, Lystra and Iconium. they were speaking. The churches in Lystra, the churches in Iconium spoke highly of the guy. That is a good guy. Paul said, "I want some, somebody like this. Let's go and do the work." And he became the first bishop of Ephesus. Timothy. It wasn't based on spiritual gifts. So I don't know how you even define spiritual gifts. One of our pastors said somebody came to uh, branches. One of the branches said, "I'm a prophet." <laughs> and God has told me I should come and join Caris. I said, "Give him. Tell him he can come. It's As ask for church. You can come." But. Don't ever mention his name from the public TV. They are looking for, why do you even come and announce yourself that you are a prophet? What are you looking for? Looking for it. You see, let the brethren speak well of you. I think you should be more interested in brethren speaking well of you than you having personal privatized encounters privatize it. doesn't take you anywhere because privatize encounters. Okay, justify it by showing us your fruits. Show us your fruits. How many people have you brought to Jesus? And they are growing a lot. Show us your fruits and stop telling us about your encounters. Because Satan also gives encounters. Encounters. In history, we have so many people who have met who have encountered Satan. So the point I'm making is that I think... We should start putting emphasis on our usefulness to God, so long as other believers are concerned. What impact are you making? Listen, before I, <laughs> as and now, from secondary school, I have many, many disciples. Secondary school, I wasn't a pastor. Just normal dividendary, And I still remain normal, thank God. Because I saw something in Acts chapter 14. I was sharing Pastor o, Barnabas and Saul. They, this is a miracle. The man who has never walked at Lystra, he walked. And they came, they said, one is called Jupiter, and one is called Mercury. And then the, the priest of Jupiter brought a whole bull to come and sacrifice. And the Bible says that they tore their clothes. They ran into the people. People were coming to worship. The day. They said, please stop it. We are ordinary men. We are men of like passions. Like, we, we, we have, and I said, hey, our modern day charismatic pastors. Yeah, he will tell you one bull is not enough. You have to do it too. <laughs> yeah, do it too. Add one more. When Peter got to the house of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, he fell down to worship. Peter said, no, no, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I'm ordinary man. Oh, that God will help us from this house that we just carry ourselves as ordinary people. Ordinary people with a supernatural God. We are, we are ordinary men. Ordinary man, charismatic. Say, no, 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 no. Hey, why are you standing? You should, you should lie down, everybody. <laughs> Don't you know I'm a man of God? <laughs> oh, I'm reading art and I'm having fun. It's so nice. Please, let's stop using personal experiences. And that means that the weight of your Christianity has a lot to do with your understanding of Scripture and sound doctrine wholesome ways. You remember wholesome ways? And so, the early church, because of deviations, they had to give a set of, the first creed of the church, as we heard last week, creed, Greek credo, which means believe or trust. So, creed is the things we believe. All right. The pendant. Um, Early church had a the first belief was Jesus is Lord. That was the simplest belief. So those days when we are going, I think we have to make sure we start with what you are telling me in baptism. When we are going to do baptism, we have to ask you, do you believe certain things? Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Do you, do you believe that he died for your sins? Do you believe what you say? You believe, Then we can baptize you. You have to make public confession before we baptize you. You know, so... The, the simplest form of their belief those days was Jesus, who Jesus is Lord. But as time went on, people were bringing all kinds of things, so they had to settle this thing the set of things we believe. The, the Apostles' Creed is not comprehensive, but at least it gives us a, a guide. Okay, it's a guide, and it is not the Bible, it doesn't replace the Bible. It's just a guide of if so, that means that in your Christian journey, when you meet a Man of God, or you yourself want to be a man of God, or something, how do you know you are going off when you go off this set of beliefs? You know, you are going off, yeah, and it helps you, helps you to stay. So, it doesn't matter as you read your Bible, you see something sometimes you may see some things and misinterpret it to mean something, but as you miss it, you realize no, it doesn't agree with they said. So we, the Apostles said, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of the, uh, creator of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his holy son, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the right hand of God should God the Father, and He, from thence He shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. I hear in care groups some people were wondering the Catholic. The Catholic Church is universal, so the Catholic is not Roman Catholic. There's a difference between the Holy Catholic Church and Roman Catholic Church. Please, all right. So anytime you come across the Holy in the Apostles' Creed, the Holy Catholic Church is not talking about the Roman Catholic Church. The Holy Catholic Church there means the Holy Universal Church. So I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And last week we spoke about I believe. In the la- few moments left, uh, in my next 10 minutes, I want to talk about I believe in what? In God the Father Almighty. I believe in God. So when we say God, that's why someone said there is no God. We can say, you can't say there is no God and be a Christian. <laughs> How can you be a Christian when you say there is no God? You can't say there is no God and be a Christian. So you see, guidance. Anytime someone is telling you God is not real, he's telling you you're moving away from the faith. You're about to deviate from the faith and... That's doctrines taught by devils. All right. So, I believe in God. When we talk about God, there's monotheism, there's polytheism, there's pantheism, and there's all kinds of isms. So, more, uh, polytheism is when you believe in different, different gods, like what we are reading today in Acts chapter 17 at um, Athens they had a lot of different gods in the verse 16 bible said god paul was troubled in his spirit because when he saw the city was given to idols you can't be a godly person and see some things going on and not be troubled in your spirit yeah. so sometimes I, there are there are things i will say i will speak in a particular way and it's not because i'm not a nice person because you know i am but it's because it's because my spirit is troubled with this kind of thing. That the thing d- d- disturbs your spirit. So when you are a, a Christian, you must learn how to be sensitive to the spirit. And sometimes your spirit just can't take some things. You, you see the guy, the guy says, I want to marry you, but he can't see your spirit. Hmm. My spirit. It's different from I was troubled. That's why I said, take that scripture, take that one off. Because... They water it down. Not that it's bad. It's saying something, but you can't use that for proper biblical growth. So, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw the city was given over to idols. Idols. His spirit was provoked within him. Well, he was there. His spirit was just provoked. And then, Bible says that he saw that they were have, they had different, different, different idols. Hey! Different God, God. In fact, when He was we was talking to them, he said something today as I read it. It blessed me. I did, I actually didn't see it previously. I think the verse 28. It says that God who no, not in him, the 29 rather, God who created the heavens and the since since we are uh, we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold because we are not gold. Silver, so we are not silver or stones, we are not stone. So why are you making God stone? <laughs> I just found it very interesting. Something shaped by art or man's devising. But you are not shaped by art. So why are you making God that? You see, they have been worshipping those things for a long time. They didn't even realize that what they are doing was quite imbecile. Paul had to reason with them and tell them that we are not like that. So now when we say, I believe in God, we are not talking about many God pantheism. Oh, uh, sorry, uh, mono, uh, Sorry, polytheism, and pantheism is all of them one, it's okay, we are worshipping all of them together. You know, have you t- uh, some of you, I'm sure you might have met somebody, especially those people who are into Hollywood and those things, they say I've tried everything, so I, mean, I did a lot of Christ- a bit of Christianity, a bit, a bit of Islam, a bit of Judaism, a bit of Hinduism, uh, that, that is a conf- very confused person. Very confused person. So, when we say, I believe, we believe in God, and in the first place, but when you put the Apostles' Creed on the screen, it, interestingly, Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father. But here, it didn't say, we believe. What did he say? I believe. Because it's so personal. It's a personal thing. We can't say we all believe together. Because I might be saying we all believe it, but you believe something different. And he said that upon who do men say I am? And Simon Peter, asked. Matthew 16 said, you are, it's Peter, they, it didn't say they said. Peter said, and Jesus said, Peter, he addressed Peter said, upon this rock, it's based on a personal revelation and confession that the church is built. So your, your part, being part of Christianity is not because your parents are Christians, but it's because of your personal convictions about Jesus Christ, based on the word of God. So when we say we believe in God, I believe in God. There is God, and who, which God are you talking about? I believe in God, the Father Almighty. That's a very serious one because um, I, I, when you listen to the message I preached a while ago on Apostle's Creed, I think you should go and listen to it. It's I spoke about how protocols. There are protocols. Now, in the same way, in the times of old, God gave them protocols of addressing God. That's why when Jesus was Teaching us how to pray, say when you pray, say you have to address God. There's a way to address God. There are protocols, and in those days, God there's several ways of addressing God or names to address God. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Nisi, several names, quite a lot. You address God based on the protocol, but none of them, and even most of this religion, there's no religion, most of the do address God as father. Excuse me. Why do you be my father? Hey, you can call him father. Then once, one day, a Jewish rabbi called Jesus Christ. He was walking and started addressing God as father. And so in John chapter 5, verse 17, 18, 19, they actually wanted to kill him because he broke the Sabbath day. But the problem was not only the Sabbath day. Therefore, uh, go to the verse 17, please. But Jesus answered, my father has been working until now after he has healed somebody on a Sabbath day and they were saying why have you done this he told them my father has been working until now and I have been working look at the next verse they said therefore the Jews sought all the more say all the more all the more more to kill him why because because he not only broke the first one we want to kill you you break the Sabbath but now you make it worse by calling God was his father where is this coming from you can't call God your father God is not our father. So when the apostles creed, we say, I believe in God, the father, Ah, that's a serious one. In what way are we the sons of God? Now, there's some philosophers tried to some time ago to, re, to, to reduce every belief to its barest minimum. So uh, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, all the belief to its barest minimum to see what we all have in common. And then they reduce Christianity to the barest minimum, God, uh, the fatherhood of uh, God. Okay, it's the universal fatherhood of God and the universal brotherhood of man. God is not the father of all. God is not the father of all. I know what you're thinking about, but today when we read in Acts chapter 17, Paul told them that if we are the offspring of God, he was quoting their own point that being option of God, that means that we, we came from God, doesn't mean that we are God's children in, that, in, the, in the sense that we are creatures of God, we are the product of God, that's what he was talking about we are the product, you see, he says that in him we live and move and have our been, as also some of your own poets have said so he was trying to identify uh, speak to them in language they, can, they, are, they are familiar with, so that your own Poets have been saying this, so I'm just explaining that. So don't reduce God. Uh, then look at the next verse. Oh, we are no, no, sorry, go back, go back. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, for we are we are uh, we are also his offspring. So you're quoting what the poet said, but the poets say this thinking that all of us came from God. There's nowhere where the Bible says that human beings are all the children of God. We are all, we are not all children of God. We are all not children of God. No, no, we can't be. But in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible talks about how we have been brought into the family of God. Ha! Let's read here from the screen, if you can see this small, tiny screen. Let's go. The next verse, verse 19. You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the same and members of... Did you see that? Members of what? The household of God. Now, that household of God, when you now now you can use new living translation, it might say something different. You see, you are members of God's family. Pastor, so leave it, new living translation is good. Yeah, you can just use your own judgment. So God's family. Alright, so we are part of God's family. When you read Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 16, it talks about as many as um, it says that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, what are they? What are they? What are they? So that means that those who are not led by the Spirit of God, they are not. No human beings are led by them. Just the, as many. just it's, it's, it's putting a cap on it. It's not everybody who is the son of God. But look at verse 15. Why are we, in what way are we sons? It says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage against you. But you have received the spirit of what? The spirit of what? So originally you are not part of the family. But you have been adopted into the family of God. So hallelujah. How did we get adopted? Because Bible says we have received the spirit of adoption. Adoption. Yes, that's it. Having predestinated us to adoption of sons. So originally we were no sons. For God so loved the world that he gave what? His only. Only. His only. But because of Jesus, now we have been adopted into the family of God. Hallelujah. And so we can call God, religion. No religion can make anyone a child of God. John 1 12, It says that as many as believed in him. What? He gave them the power. Hallelujah. To them he gave power to become. Now watch this. is very interesting. Let's all read it from the screen. Let's go. Even to them that, you see, he, has, he was throwing more light on receive. What makes you a son of God when you receive him? What does it mean to receive him? Believe. Apostles creed, I believe in God. It has to do with belief. Christianity rises and falls on belief. And your belief is, is, is based on what information? The, it, it, the content. What's the, the quality of your belief is, has everything to do with the content of your belief believe so he says that we are the sons of god that's why when jesus was teaching us to pray he said when you pray say father now he has changed the game god is no longer just a creator he is a creator yes he is our maker yes but he has moved further and now we are, we are his children and we call him daddy, daddy, daddy. He said, for you have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, father. Someone shout, Abba, father. Abba, father. Shout it again, Abba, father. Abba, father. For the last time, Abba, father. Abba, father. Children. When they're growing up in those days, the most endeared way of expressing their affection to their father, daddy, Abba, 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 Abba. Go, uh, even now, in Jewish circles, the children call that Abba, 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 Abba. I know your own is Dada. Some of you, dad. Some of you, poppy, 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 poppy. Abba, Abba, Abba. Abba, Abba, now, not just father, but very, very personal. Abba, father, where is it coming from? We have the spirit of adoption. It's not not mental tuning. It's deep spirit, spirit of of adoption. There is something deep in you that identifies God as father when you become born again. Soon as you become born again. So you see, that's why people who are not born again, who are not born again, they don't understand a lot of things we do. You might flow in it, but you are not a child of God. Because in First John chapter 5, verse 1, it says that whoever believes that Jesus is Christ, is born of God. Yeah. God has born you. You <laughs> have been born into existence in God. When you are born, you have natural fatherhood but now god must become your father so when we say i believe in god the father that statement father is loaded it's also trinitarian in its core at its core he's talking about god the father every time you say god the father you are talking about the trinity soon as you you can't talk about god the father without god the son that's why when i was teaching the beginning of the lockdown uh, uh, worship worship i spoke i talked on the true worshiper. I spoke about the fact that Jesus said, "The time is coming when the true worshippers shall worship the Father." Now you can't say, "I worship the Father and not worship the Son," because the Father and the Son, John 10:30, "I and my Father are one." So the Father and the Son are one and the same. Now that's so trinitarian. So when we say, "I believe in God the Father," we are talking about the Trinity. Yes. Now, most of us, when we talk, I'll go into that later on. When we talk about Trinity, some of you, most some of us, we think that it's just three gods. And three, like, like one of the biggest problem of Islam is that how can you say you worship three gods? You Christians worship three gods. You worship three gods. It's mono, monotheism, one God. For those he foreknew, he also predestined. Romans 8, 29, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many. We are many, many brethren, but God has already predestined us because he foreknew us. He set his love on us. The fact that you are born again is not because you you are so religious and godly. You are born again because God set his heart on you. He said, watch, watch, watch this, let me say this and end. Set his heart on you. And you know what he did? He wooed you. Because if we had left here, you wouldn't have been in church. Oh yeah, some of you, church was the last item on your agenda. No, you wouldn't have, you, you. That's why people are even surprised that, so now you two are in church. It's not the pastor's good preaching. It is God's winning you he himself. He won you. He stole your heart. Or he won your heart. I we worship him forever. Love him forever. God has won your heart. That's why some, you know, this lockdown, you almost left church. But look at ya. Look at You, you couldn't go. Because God has won you over. You remember when you left and you went to your, those friends again? You came back now. You can go. You can go. You can, some people have gone. But they will come back because already God. They have tested the good word of God. <laughs> anyway, so when we say we believe in God, the Father Almighty. We are talking about the Trinity. We are talking about our Father who are in heaven. And he is almighty. No demon or family devil is stronger than him. Yeah. And by God's grace, we'll continue on the next one. Creator of the heavens and the earth. The, the heaven and the earth didn't just bank into existence. Somebody just made it. Yeah. That's what we believe as Christians. Somebody just made it. Hallelujah! 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 Yeah. Somebody shout Put your hands together for better. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Carriage Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.